Good afternoon, everybody. How'd you like my music there? How do you like my music? Oh, I love that little piece of music. I call it the call of the soul, like the call of the wild, call of the soul. That's what it's all about. You know, in the world of war and fighting over the centuries, for years now in the past, and still going on, it makes good sense to do things on the opposite end of the spectrum, so to speak, and develop our right? Well, how have you been over this last week? I hope you've been okay. I've been doing all right. And work's going well. Last night, I was sleeping. I had a couple of sleep apnea attacks. And I've been working on this in my mind, you know, what is going on? Why do so many people, millions of Americans, millions of people around the world sleep apnea? And, you know, on my show, I'll just say this as a side note. I talk about anything, everything and anything, especially related to my life, you know, that I want to share with anyone out there who's listening because we're in this together. You know, we're like one community, one person, many faces, one body, many faces around the world. You know, even though the colored skin or different ethnicities. Anyway, with sleep apnea, I'm 60, almost 68 years old, so we know that the body degenerates. I didn't have this earlier on in my life, you know, but. That song by Pink Floyd reminds me of what I'm talking about. And they say, one day shorter of breath and one day closer to death. This is true, right? One day shorter of breath. Well, the challenge, my friends, is to live as long as possible in this beautiful world, this wonderful planet. Some of us want to live be 100 years old. I do. Some don't. Some are kind of tired and fed up with the way things are and they don't care. They, they're not going to do it, but they don't want to live to be a ripe old age and they don't want to have people looking after them and changing their diapers again when they get older and not be able to look after themselves and move around and be in a wheelchair and that kind of thing. But me, my goal is to Opposition as long as possible, as old as possible. And sleep apnea is a pretty horrible. A lot of people die in their sleep, you know, and I feel I could have. I'm very fortunate. I've had some bad sleep apnea attacks. And I tried the machine. Didn't like it because I tried all the different masks too. And the one that I I like the best, the one that suited me, the best was the major pillar mask that has air blowing up your nose in the different nostrils, the two nostrils. But that kind of dried out my sinuses and then left me for the rest of the day, especially towards the end of the day, with a runny nose and difficult to breathe through my nose. So I've been trying other things. And now they've got this new thing called Inspire where they surgically implant some kind of electronic device in your throat and then other places around your body, like in your abdominal area, in your arm too, I think. And the point is, when you lie down to sleep, what usually happens is the tongue relaxes and falls back and blocks the airway. Well, with that electronic device implanted in your throat, supposedly, I don't know all the details, but it prompts your tongue to stick out, thereby keeping it from falling back the airway. Well, what I'm about to tell you, and don't I don't know if it's true or not, and I don't want to get in, anyone into any trouble, so I'll say that the usual blurb, like, please check with your doctor first, so I don't get in trouble. This is just my theory, and I spend a lot of time thinking about it and writing about it. 
So in this world that we live in, and I've mentioned this before, we live in an oxygen-deprived environment. We live in oxygen-deprived environments, whether it's the building we're working like I do on Fort Sam Houston with the Army. And don't get me wrong, I love the Army, but the building is closed. It has a ventilation system. They pump air inside. The windows can't be open. And the oxygen content is a lot different than what's outside in the fresh air. So logically, it stands to reason that if you breathe in an oxygen-deprived atmosphere, then your body's going to suffer for it. Ultimately, in the long run, you know what I mean? Same with our cars. We get in our cars, we turn on the air conditioning. And we spend a lot of time in our cars, don't we? And the air in the car from the air conditioner, the oxygen content, the nitrogen content, is not optimal for a human being, if you know what I mean. So what can we do? Well, the answer is simple. We need to try to get as much fresh air as possible because you might not be as old as I am, but ultimately you will feel the effects of what I mentioned, one day shorter breath and one day closer to death, right? That's reality. So another thing is, and I've been experimenting. Today I, I did the walk-run exercise on Ackland Air Force Base, and I've been doing this. So I average maybe walking and running several miles a week, at least 10 miles a week. And then I do a little bit of running, mainly sprinting. Today I did not full-out sprints, but maybe about 125-meter runs. I'd say at about 75, 80% power. And all that within three miles of walking. So three 125-meter sprints, not full-power sprints, but almost within um, a three-mile walk. And I noticed, and and now I've got a lot of experience experimenting with this in the past. You have heard, and I've heard many times, it's there on the Internet, if you want to read how important it is to breathe through our noses. Well, supposedly it is because the air is warmed when it comes into the nose and it's processed more efficiently and the oxygen that you intake the nose is distributed more into the tissues and cells and so the body functions more optimally when you breathe through your nose but I am not so sure that that's true because you know you go out running and unless you've done a lot of practice breathing through your nose, you're going to have to breathe through your mouth. I think if I made some with a doctor that we need to open our mouths more to get more air into our lungs to make our bodies spread us in the internet. When you start running, then you have to open your mouth to get more oxygen. Otherwise, you just couldn't do it for a long time. You know, you breathe into your nose if you're running. But the same is true if you want to do a fast walk or or a power walk. Same thing. That's a power walk. Breathing through your mouth that allows you... I've, I've experimented on it myself. Please believe me when I tell you this is true you feel the, the rush of oxygen into your body, into your cells, and then you start moving faster. You can move faster when you breathe through your mouth. And also in this world we live in, there's a lot of pollution in the atmosphere. And sometimes, and noise, there's a lot of noise pollution too, and sometimes it's just not 
possible to breathe purely of the air through your nose, maybe in a perfect world that would be ideal or the right way to go, but in this world we live in, we have to do everything we can to to find out what we're doing wrong. Or let me rephrase that, you know, sleep apnea is the point I'm trying to make. Why is that? Because maybe we're breathing through our nose too much. And we need to open our mouth and the air with our mouth and get more oxygen in our body. In an oxygen-deprived environment, that makes good sense, doesn't it? You can take in, and that's a fact, you can take in more oxygen through your mouth than you can through your nose, which actually highlights two, in, I think it's significant to say it highlights two ways of thinking here. One way of thinking is you breathe through your nose, and that air oxygenates your body more efficiently. Or, and because, well, let me just add on to that. You breathe through your nose, the air comes into the lungs, the lungs purify the blood, oxygen gets into the cells and tissues, or you open your mouth like what you do when you're running, but there's a lot of impact with running, you know, which is kind of detrimental in addition to also being beneficial by taking in more amounts of oxygen, but you're also expanding your lungs. And I'm saying this, you know, I'm kind of thinking out loud here at the same time, because I'm trying to find my way, like most of us are. We are works in progress. So when you breathe in through your mouth, you expand your lungs more than you do when you breathe through your lungs. The lungs get bigger. And they purify the blood more efficiently and oxygenate the body more efficiently. So there's two kind of contradictory ways of thinking there. And I've been experimenting with both, you know, going back and forth over the years, so to speak, just trying to find out what's the best way. Because you have to admit, the human body is not something easy to figure out. You know exactly what happens when you eat some food and how it's processed in your body and how the nutrients are all taken out and then how you expel the stuff that you don't need, you know, when we defecate, we're getting rid of waste, solid waste. And when we urinate, we're getting rid of liquid waste, you know, and our heart is beating independently of our will. And the heart is a wonderful, beautiful thing, you know, pumping blood through hundreds of miles of veins in the body. It's an amazing, amazing process. Truly, like the Bible says, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. So the human body is no easy thing to figure out, my friends. And it could be a lifetime. It could take a lifetime before we're able to figure out some things, you know. We might be able to figure out a lot of things and know the right way of doing things. And we know that this works for us. But maybe this is a little bit ambiguous, you know. And we got to try. We should always experiment with trying to see if it might be better. That's what I do anyway. I feel I was born into this world to be a so-called experimenter. I think that's my mission. I truly believe that. It's painful at times when I have to go back to the drawing board, so to speak, when I find out something doesn't work, like what I was talking about, you know, but... I understand also that we're working in progress and it's not easy to figure out the right way of doing things. Anyway, that's just, I like to tell you everything that's going on in my life. So I did that this morning. I feel pretty good today because if you do a power walk or a fast walk, now I know, and I write these things down, I've got to write it down. Still, I keep a journal every day. You know, what works, what doesn't, you know, what works one day might not work for the next day. And so with the sleep apnea aspect, it could be that if you breathe too much, you're not getting sufficient amounts of oxygen. That's why then your airway is blocked because you're breathing through your nose too much. That's the theory behind what I'm saying. 
and we need to open our mouths more, especially when we exercise. And really, that's the only time we need to when you exercise, when you do a power walk, one mile, two miles, breathe it through your mouth. Oh, it feels good, you know, because then you don't worry about pollution. You don't worry about noise. And usually you want to try to find a place that's um, away from where cars are. You don't want to have to compete with cars, you know, because they're smelling and they're noisy. You know, it's probably two of the worst things in this world that I can think of. Something that's smelly and something that's noisy. So I find myself usually someplace away from cars, but every now and then I have to walk on a sidewalk and here come cars, you know, and I've got one too, you know, I'm just as guilty as an next person, so to speak. Four cylinder engine, so I don't spew a whole lot of that carbon monoxide into the atmosphere. And eventually one day my goal is to get an electric car. And God knows that I will if I have the funds available. And Anyway, changing the subject. Drinking my water here also. So I'm just going, because I don't think I fully explained myself there, going back with the sleep apnea when you lie down. Then if you're breathing through your mouth more when you exercise, the lungs then work more efficiently. The lungs are... are Expanded from having exercise with your mouth open, whether it's running or a fast walk. So today I was watching on television when I got up this morning that Mr. Putin thinks that this war is God's will. The war in Ukraine is God's will. Now, Normally, I think anyone would say it's not God's will to kill people, you know, that makes sense. However, I think I agree with Mr. Putin. It is God's will. And maybe World War II was God's will. Maybe Hitler was God's will. That might sound horrendous to some people, but... I submit this to you. I want peace for this world. I want everyone to live in peace and harmony. I want our children and their children in peace. They shouldn't be exposed to violence of any type. But we've had wars in our past all throughout the centuries, my friends. And when are we going to get to the point when we say, no more war, we're tired of it, we're fed up with war. Maybe it just takes another war to realize that we get more tired and more sick and fed up with war when we have one war after another, another war. And hopefully it doesn't come down to the nuclear holocaust. Where then finally there'll be peace. After millions of people have died, we've wiped out all the vegetation and all the beautiful animal life here on Earth. And it's going to take several centuries for everything to be restored the way it used to be without radiation, etc. I ask you, please, let's not resort to a nuclear holocaust to realize finally that we're sick and tired of war and don't want war this out so that that burden is not on our eternal souls. Make this a way in the afterlife because we couldn't do anything to help improve the world the place and the fight kept on going. It's not good for anything. Even though they're not our physical brothers and sisters, they are our brothers and sisters in spirit everywhere around this world. We are all brothers and sisters in spirit. And there is no good reason for killing each other, no matter what anyone says. There is just no good reason. But 
Is it God's will? I think yes, because God wants us to get to the point where we say, no more, let's have peace. Peace for the rest of the day. Peace for the rest of the world. And such is evolution, my friends, on a Category 1 planet in our Milky Way galaxy where we're learning not to fight and learning not to kill each other. And a nuclear holocaust isn't the worst thing that can happen. Really. We'll just be on with our spirits and souls and that process of reincarnation, being born again, will continue. But what a waste especially of this beautiful world that they don't really appreciate just how much beauty is in this world, this planet, and the animal life, the thousands and thousands of different types of animal life and insect life and reptiles and amphibians and birds and fish and the oceans, seas, rivers, and lakes. Truly, our creator, creator of the universe, is an all-knowing and all-powerful entity being you can make any type of life anywhere, right? That's logical. Logical. Even an atheist would have to admit a being with the power to create life here on Earth would have the power to create life anywhere in the universe. And we're discovering new planets all the time, you know, especially with the James Haas telescope and the Kepler Space Telescope and Hubble. We know that there is life out there. It has to be. It's logical. Even if it happened by accident, say logically it could happen by accident anywhere from the very beginning when the Big Bang created the first solar system and then the next solar system and then the first galaxy was formed and then a new galaxy was formed. Logically, if life happens by accident, it can happen by accident elsewhere. And those stars you see up in the evening sky, they're really suns. And they have planets around them, each and every one of them. I guarantee you that. I promise you that. That's what they are. They are individual solar systems with the sun. So, my friends, pray. What's going to save this world from destruction? There won't be any peace for our children and our children's children. Pray. Say your prayers, please. Pray for God to speak to Mr. Putin. Hopefully this war, this war will end in the Ukraine. That's a heavy burden also to carry on one's soul. You know, that's a, a pretty risky bet there to say that God's will. And I believe probably that's what Hitler felt. And Saddam Hussein and Stalin and Mussolini and Alexander. All these people in the past led armies slaughtering hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people. They felt they were doing God's will. That's the way to sure the way I don't the only way I believe like I said hopefully one more war is going to then make us sick of it. But we're in the middle of the war, you know, I was checking out today at the grocery store and there were these magazines and in one one of the magazines or I think on the cover it said um, the Civil War, Generals of the Civil War. And I was thinking, okay, well the Civil War, hundreds of thousands of people were killed in the fighting. Either shot with a bullet or stabbed with a sword or blown up with cannon fire or knife to death. However, it happened Hundreds of thousands of people killed. I was talking with my wife this morning. Slavery, because she's African-American. Slavery is something that is just synonymous with a planet in a lower evolutionary category. Because from the very beginning, going through the centuries, there's not a lot of money, not a lot of technology. People need people to work for them. and and they don't have money to pay them, so they have to enslave them. The Egyptians were enslaved. The African-Americans were enslaved. It's sad, very sad what happened, but it's just typical of a 
species going through the evolutionary process, you know? Violence. It's just another form of violence, which is, as I mentioned, synonymous with the process of evolution. But I'm getting tired of war. How about you? Is there anybody out there that wants war? Because if you do, I suggest you pack your bags and go and fight over there in the Ukraine. You might kill some people. Maybe that's what you want, the thrill of being like God, of taking away a person's life, which really, in my opinion, should only be reserved to the Creator for our spirits and souls. But if you feel like you want to do that, go ahead. If you want war, and there's one right there, be my guest. But also beware, be advised that you might be killed yourself. I've heard that some people that went to fight some Ukrainians, um, actually in bordering countries there, they went to fight and they, they lost their lives. They're American mercenaries, so to speak. There's no guarantee that they, they won't not get killed. And then when you get killed, then you're going to have to stand trial, so to speak, in front of your creator, your mother and father guy. So this was what you wanted to do. You could have done that, and you could have made a lot of progress for years, and now all that has been lost. Those opportunities gone. And where are you in your spiritual development? Looks like you probably have to go back to a another planet of a lower evolutionary category in your next life where there's still a lot of fighting and killing going on and work it out again. Or you could develop yourself sufficiently, spiritually, and graduate to a planet of a higher evolutionary existence where there's more love and there's peace. What would you prefer? If you prefer a planet of peace, and harmony and love and believe me there's a higher love out there that it's difficult to imagine my friends in the universe here on earth not a lot of love to go around just like that song land of confusion by genesis there's too many people causing too many problems and not enough love to go around so it is on a lower evolutionary category planet but you can change that by saying prayers. Your spoken words do make a lot of difference, my friends. It's like my words are helping to make a difference, I believe. And I say that humbly because I understand that we all need to be humble. I learn things from other people, and then I impart that knowledge to you, anyone who's willing to listen, willing to learn. And I keep an open mind and I continue to learn. I don't shut my mind. Some people shut their minds. For example, and I consider myself a Christian. I'm going to church tomorrow, but you have to realize there are some in the Bible that have crept in there over the centuries that are causing a lot of concern among other Christians, not only me, but other people as well. They were talking on TBN, the Trinity Broadcasting Network, the other day. And Max Lucado wrote a book called 316, like John 316. I don't want to knock him. You know, I think any kind of belief in God is good. And I... Good enough, man. I listened to him for quite a while talking with uh, um, Paul Jr. and his wife. And he's got his own church, Max Lucado does. And he's been around for quite a while. And he's a born again Christian. John 3.16. And I, I pick different parts of the Bible every now and then and talk about them on my show, you know. I can understand what I'm beginning to step on some people's toes, so to speak, or maybe say something that they don't want to hear. But I think it's important to address these errors that have come into the Bible. That, And it's just a small minority of the Bible, I believe, and love 
in most of the Bible, but with John 3.16, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. What does that make us, though? Are we the children of God or, or not? Only son? I like to think instead of when Jesus taught us how to pray on the Sermon on the Mount, our Father who art in heaven, which really should be our mother and father who art in heaven, because you can't create children without a mother and a father. That's logical. That's universal law. If you believe that, then you're out of touch with reality. Like, I like to say this sometimes, Jesus, when we just celebrated the resurrection of Jesus, you know, when they crucify people, when they kill people, like when they hang people or crucify them, when they die, they empty their bowels. Fecal matter, you know, solid waste. Jesus was a human being just like us. He had bowel movements every day. He had to relieve himself, urinate every once in a while. If you don't, if that is hard for you to listen to, then you're out of, I mean, I suggest you're out of touch with reality and living in a fantasy world. And it behooves each and every one of us to be more in touch with reality. That brings in the extra card that I've talked about on previous shows that the Jesus who died on the cross really on my next place on another planet have been in existence for hundreds of thousands of years longer than we are, so naturally they have been able to develop the technology, just like we've been developing our technology very much over the last 150, 200 years. Can you imagine if it's like having a brother or sister. You were born, but they're already, and you're a baby, but you have a brother who's already 12 years old or 15 years old, just to use that as an example, as an analogy. Well, we have brothers and sisters around the universe who are sentient beings who have been in existence for hundreds of thousands and even millions of years longer than we have. And so they're over there. They've been doing their thing, developing their technology, exploring the universe with their high-speed interdimensional spacecraft for millions of years, some of them. And the ones that are monitoring and observing our planet Earth and have been given guardianship over our planet have in our past and Jesus. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Mother Mary was artificially inseminated by them. If you think of Another way, like a fan, like not in touch with reality. You can't impregnate a woman's a woman's seed, so to speak, without the sperm. There's no fantasy other way of thinking how to do that. We live in a physical world, in the physical universe, and the physical laws apply. For creating babies as well. That's how you do it. Mother Mary was artificially inseminated. And the baby that was born, although it was, he was a very, a very advanced soul, he still was not capable of performing all of those miracles because, as I mentioned before, when you cross over being born into a planet like we were, Go through what is known as the river of oblivion with this particular planet. Other planets, you can't remember when you're born, your past lives, and your pre But with the river of oblivion, all your past life memories are erased. And so then you wouldn't have the knowledge, even if you studied in the most advanced schools back then at that time, to perform miracles. You wouldn't have the knowledge to perform miracles. So enter Jesus, who died on the cross after Jesus had left Judea, the Jesus who was born in Bethlehem, and disappeared, and, and there's a gap in the Bible there where they can't explain where he went for like 15 years alone. Alone. And so he was about 30 years old. Well, I mean, I've explained this before, like the movie Avatar. There are some civilizations out there that create bodies. 
they have the knowledge and the technology to create bodies just like an avatar. Whether it's a human body or a blue body, it's an amazing thing that human body is. And don't you know that you have a spirit in your body and you're kind of driving your body around just like you put on a, a coat. You're driving your, your coat around. And these extraterrestrials, they intervene, they have intervened in our past for very good reasons to guide us on the right path when we were going wrong back then when Moses brought the, the Hebrews out of Egypt. It was determined by the powers, the higher powers that be, that are communicating with these extraterrestrials, and make no mistake about it, they are in touch with the fourth dimension in a way that we know very little about. And so, given the go-ahead, they were allowed to help bring the Hebrews who were being enslaved up into their own land where they could settle, and then that was part of the plan for the betterment of the world, so to speak. Because slavery is never a good thing, my friends. You know that. And then with Jesus, the world was going through some kind of terrible things at the time. There was a lot of murder, incest, rape, sexual immorality of, of a terrible nature. You use your imagination. All the time, it was a very depraved society back then. And so the time was ripe for divine intervention. And these extraterrestrials, they knew what to do. They've had a lot of experience. They also have guardianship of other planets around their Milky Way galaxy. And that's just our galaxy, you know. And so I think it would be advantageous, beneficial, to have contact with them. However, they realize that we're still having wars. We're still fighting among each other. And what extraterrestrial race would want to try to make contact with a violent species like us? Not only that, but some people don't believe in them. How would you, you think you'd want to be seeing people who don't believe in you? Yeah, I'll believe them if they I believe they exist if they land in my backyard. Well, if I was an ET, I would want to stay away from your backyard because you should know that they exist just by using logic. As I've mentioned, logic it happened by accident. She all this life include human life. Then logically it could happen on another planet. It's just being, I think there's, According to Google, there's like 700 planets, new planets that have been discovered in, in like 400 solar systems. And it seems like at least one is being discovered every day. So the point is, they're discovering these planets. So you know they're for real, that they exist out there. And as I mentioned, that they're all part of a separate solar system belonging to one of those suns up there in the sky, which we like to call stars, because uh, we're still kind of fantasy-bound in our thinking, you know, and we need to really be more in touch with reality. You know, instead of the twinkle, twinkle little star, how I wonder what you are attitude, but, you know, just watch ancient aliens more often on television or something about how the universe was formed. Morgan Freeman had a show, I forget the name of it. Reality versus fantasy. Especially with the movies that we see. I saw a Batman last night. And I'm as guilty as the rest, you know, for watching these violent movies. You know, people getting beat up left and right. People getting shot, shot at multiple times. And I like the actor. I like the 
that's about the only thing I like about these movies is seeing these actors and how they act. And you know, the main actor, the, the man who plays Batman, was in the Twilight series as the vampire. I don't think I saw him smile once or laugh the entire movie. Not once. Kind of dark, and it was all in the dark, too, most of it. And then I fell asleep in the chair, and that's another reason that you have sleep apnea attached, too. You fall asleep. I try not to do that. Sometimes my eyes just get tired, you know? It might be because I got LASIK surgery many years ago. Still, I don't regret having done it because it's amazing to not wear glasses and to be able to see clearly. Like when you get on the highway and you can see signs ahead of you clearly, it's fantastic. So it's been 21 years since I had that surgery, and I think it is truly one of the best things I've done in my life. You're contemplating doing having LASIK surgery. I would... Definitely give a thumbs up, you know. But there really hasn't been any long-term research done because it's a relatively new procedure as to whether or not there might be long-term complications, complications farther on down the road, so to speak. So, my friends, uh, you know, you listen to my show. You could be anywhere in the world listening on Internet radio, which is a pretty powerful medium, you know. You don't need a, a transistor or AM, FM radio to hear people talking. And BBS radio has some amazing talk show hosts, and they talk about a variety of subjects. But also know that all the people that have died and gone to heaven are relatives, you know. Like where we're going, they're there. People that lived on Earth here at one time. Ghosts. I like to watch ghost shows sometimes, and they're so enthralled with maybe a, an ashtray moving on a table by itself or being thrown off the table onto the floor or somebody getting touched by a ghost. Now, these are people just like you and me. Pinch yourself right now. You, one day, will be a ghost. Hopefully not. You could be a ghost. Let me put it that way. If you die suddenly and violently, don't realize that you are dead, then you are a ghost. It's kind of scary stuff, you know, because they're in that realm where we can't see them, but they continue to exist. Well, then there are some who die and go south, down, not through the tunnel, through the light, but down through the tunnel. There's another tunnel that goes down to hell. God's jail, that's why I like to call it, where there's just fire and molten lava down there and toward the center of the earth. Because the earth has a molten iron core. And down there, of course, being completely dark except for the flames and the lava, then it's a perfect place for demons to exist and spiders and snakes and all kinds of slithering nasties that inflict bites um, to the spirit body because the spirit body has similar properties to a physical body and is capable of feeling pain. Read the book 23 Minutes in Hell and there's demons there who have the very sole purpose of terrifying someone who is in need of having their soul rehabilitated in a very special way, may I say, which means for murderers, rapists, sexual abusers, physical abusers, even verbal abusers, non-believers. Suffice it to say that hell is a nasty place that you wouldn't want to spend money in. But then if you rise up when you die, if you rise up from the ground and fly like you're meant to, like the soul and the spirit are meant to, the soul is the brain of the spirit, just like you have a brain in your physical body, then you rise up and you go into the air and above the clouds, there's another holding station there, kind of like a second heaven, if you will. 
and there are buildings up there, crystal buildings made of ethereal matter, so to speak, spirit matter. But the the third heaven, what you want to get to, depending on just how well you evolve and develop yourself spiritually on earth, which is the goal, my friends, to graduate with honors here on earth to the the sun, which is the spirit world, that fire in the sky that you don't think about too often, that is revolving our planet around itself by the energy that it has, that it emits. Not only does it keep us warm and provide light, but it also rotates us on our axis at 600 miles an hour. Isn't that an amazing power that does it day in and day out, month in and month out, year in, year out, for centuries without any glitches, and being revolved around the sun 365 days a year without any glitches, perfectly. A power that exists that it's hard to comprehend just how great it is. And that sun is really the matrix of the solar system home to the mother and father God because they are the owners of the solar system. They created it just like you can in the future because I've not mentioned this before. You are co-creator gods in the making going through that process of reincarnation one life after another. You make it to the spirit lands. You spend some time there. Reacclimate yourself with where you came from because you pre-existed before you were born. You existed before you were born here. You existed there before you were born here. And you will be going back there, hopefully, unless you make some serious mistakes and you don't repent. You're supposed to repent daily and reconcile yourself with your loving creator, your mother and father guys who love you very much, the creators of your spirit and soul. So anyway, I was saying, we have many deceased relatives who have gone before us, and we'll see them again. They're in heaven. Assuming that most of them made it there, of course. But it's a very beautiful, it is a very beautiful place there. On the sun, if you can look into the, that through that blinding light with the eyes of the spirit and see a place where the spirit can exist, where you were born. We were all born on suns. It might not be this one here, which I'm looking at over in the distance. You could have come from another solar system, another sun, if you are what they call a mystic traveler and you've lived many past lives. But know that the spirit, which is made of electrons and light energy, which is light energy, can exist in the fire, in a fire just like can exist in the lava pits of hell. Burning, you've heard that before, right? People burning in fire down in hell. Why wouldn't you think that they can live in a fire? A fire, a nuclear fire. That kind of fire, if you light a match, you see that fire. It's a very unique kind of fire. The spirit world, it's a world of light. Where the spirit mother and father exist. And it's a beautiful place. And that is where most of our deceased relatives are. You'll see them again. And just like planet Earth, there's trees there, there's valleys, mountains, water. Properties are different there. Things apply. The rules of physics and what else? Chemistry applied differently there in the spirit world. You can go into water, for example, like in the river of life where they have oceans there. Oceans, yes. Golden water. Beautiful. Once you get inside this colorful prisms, rainbows of the water, way up your head thinking, well, why, how am I breathing? So to speak, how am I existing underneath water? Well, you're dead, for one thing. I've read this before in the book Inside Heaven's Gates by Rebecca Springer. That's an amazing book. And then you get to see all these people from 
throughout the centuries. What I was going to say is that, you know, the people that have passed on before us are in touch with us now. They know what we're doing. Your deceased relatives, they know all about you, and they make, some of them may make visits back to see you and offer some kind of encouragement or guidance in your life. You might need that. You know, if you're going through a hard time, they might be there to support you. They go on these missions, come back to Earth on rays of light, you know, it's not hard to imagine. People from all cultures throughout the centuries that have lived here on Earth, just like we're living here now, there. And they know, they have heavenly technology, so to speak, that can look in and maybe even listen to my show. Or extraterrestrials, maybe from behind the moon. I know I'm just getting, you begin to sound a little bit like out there in right field, but I believe it. It's hard to talk about. Just like Jesus, when he walked this earth, some of the things that he talked about, especially having to change everyone's mind in regard to Moses' law and teach them. And parables. I got 50 seconds left, my friends. Time is, oh, dang, I was want, I wanted to sing some songs to Akatoa. I'll have to wait until the next show. I wish you the best, my friends. Thank you for listening. Love you. And may the supreme creator of the universe bless us our body and have a fine peace. No more war in the future. Bye-bye.